Hey, hey, hey. Bottoms up, episode six. How you doing? This is Fred, the grassy troll, coming at you. And uh, across from me, as usual, is my good friend Blato. And how you doing tonight, Blato? Good, Fred. How are you? Swell. And off to my right, Mar- uh, Blato's left, is uh, Nobs, our engineer extraordinaire. Hello. Good how- evening. How you doing, buddy? Good. Real good. Awesome. Well, I'm all excited about uh, episode six here. <laughs> How about you guys? Ready to rock this thing? Have a little bit of fun? Uh, I wish I was, <laughs> but I'm not feeling really good. What's the matter, buddy? I'm kind of down. Oh, and no. let me tell you what I'm down on. Down? That's so sad. During the holiday season. Tell me a story. Let's make this like a blues song. Tell me a story. I'm down on online Christmas shopping. Why, may I ask? I'm surprised you even have to ask why. <laughs> Because it's so friggin' obvious. The problem with online Christmas shopping is you always have to pay premium shipping if you want to get it in time. That's one of the issues with online Christmas shopping. You know, okay. so I put an order in for you know something for my girlfriend. I think it was like maybe on the 16th or the 15th. And lo and behold, if I want to guarantee that it's going to get there by, you know, the 24th, I got to pay premium shipping. Now, you know, I mean, people can shop on Amazon with their Prime and sometimes you get it on time. Most of the time you do. But not everything is from Amazon. And it isn't. (laughs) And if you want to make sure it's going to get to you on time, you've got to pay premium shipping. You know, I'm paying $22 for a $36 item. Get out of here. Are you serious? Okay. And the tracking is all messed up. So well, I started that? tracking the package on the 18th, and it was still in Florida, which is where I think it was coming that from. That was point of origin? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yesterday, I track it. It still shows that it's in Florida. That'll so now I'm wondering, good. why is it in Florida for two or three days, and I'm having no tracking information? And I also recognize that they're using USPS instead of UPS or FedEx. And I don't know how much you may know about tracking on USPS, but it's terrible because they don't seem to scan throughout the whole process. So I don't know that it's in Florida. I just don't know where it is. It almost seems like when you get information, it's like a batch. Yeah. It's like stuff has been sitting somewhere and all of a sudden they dump it on you and it doesn't logistically make much sense yeah right okay. and 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 so i start sending nasty grams uh through an im system to the to, to the seller and you know this was late last night and they didn't respond until this morning and lo and behold then i get a note that it's been delivered today so somehow <laughs> in about a six hour time span it went from like someplace in 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 lower florida southern florida to the doorstep of where it was being delivered in a couple of hours. Maybe USPS has picked up the old Concord or something. <laughs> yeah, it just... It, 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 but and, and what if I would have ordered it on regular shipping? Would have I gotten it? I mean, I don't plan that far in advance. I, I might have ordered this the 15th or the 16th. To me, that's early holiday shopping. <laughs> I agree. You know? The, the, the other issue with online ordering is just same thing with this. I can't have it delivered to the house. I don't want it delivered to the house because 
if it arrives and she's here, what's that? Mm-hmm. Right? So now I have the inconvenience of sending it to someplace else. I've also got to confirm with my friend, is it arriving? You know, because I don't know what the tracking is. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on. And I just, I, I, you know, I, I think online shopping is great for other things. But I don't think it's good for Christmas, you know. We should just get off our asses, go visit our local stores, be good, you know, patrons, uh, patrons of the proprietors of our community, and buy our stuff there. Um, you know, you, you've had a situation with online shopping that kind of spoiled some of your Christmas, right? Yeah, exactly. A gift for my daughter. We figured because it was a larger item, it was going to come in a box that said what the contents were. And um, we requested that they put another box over it, and we assumed that's what was going to happen. And lo and behold, it shows up. Unwrapped, original box. Original box. You can see exactly what it is, loud and clear. And guess who picked it up and found it walking into the house? Yeah, she did. Yep. so. Now, why didn't she just go to the store and buy one? I couldn't find it in the store. It was a sort of a high demand item. It's popular, and uh, so we were kind of stuck if we wanted to get it uh, to do it online. And there you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess Woe I, is us. <laughs> I, I just, I just kind of feel like there's more pitfalls with shopping online. I remember a couple of years ago, my daughter wanted one of these mermaid uh, blankets. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of slip them over, it's like make a fish look, tail. Yeah, and uh, it's like knitted or crocheted or something and they were really really popular because they went like you know viral on facebook or something like that but i still put my order in early enough paid premium shipping and then i couldn't track it for anything (laughs) and i kept calling them on the phone they kept telling me it was going to arrive but yet the tracking wasn't caught up to where it was and you know i I don't want to it's the holiday season. I'm supposed to be cheerful. I don't want to go off on people about stuff like this. But my big issue is I'm paying the premium shipping always. And then any savings you realize from shopping online is gone as soon as you decide to pay the premium shipping. You know, um, I was looking for some um, guitar accessories for my son. Uh-huh, and you yeah. told me a website to go to. Yep. $10 shipping. I think it was $17 if I wanted to guarantee it before the 24th. Really? From them? Yeah. Now, you said I could have called and maybe they worked with me or whatever. And they had some pretty good deals. Uh, I went on down to uh, uh, Huber Breeze. Plug. Local plug for guitar shops. That place is awesome. Yeah, it's a good place. And uh, they had what I was looking for. The prices were right. It's, it's not Now good. I've got it in my hand, packaged up, ready to give for Christmas. Well, I figured that would be numero uno choice around here. So, yeah. Because they definitely cater more to the true guitarist versus like a guitar center. Would. I haven't been there in, I don't know, like bef- before I moved away and came back. So well more than 10 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago. It was just the one little building at that time. You know, mm-hmm. they've expanded, expanded, expanded. Uh, the other thing I, I wanted to take note is they have a pretty good used vinyl collection. They do? Yes. Yeah, they have. That, that's got to be something new. They, they've got uh, about six or eight pretty good size box cartons. So they're filled with 60 or 80 uh, albums in each one. Um, 
they're not organized in any fashion. That's the problem. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> so you get you know it gets tiresome kind of you know thumbing through them, but they're all six bucks. Oh really? So every one of them is six bucks, regardless of condition, regardless of which one it is. I was tempted to pick up a couple, um, but then I just decided, eh. But they had two of them that they had that maybe I should have got. Um, Gary Wright, Dreamweaver. Love that album. Uh huh. Period piece for me. For and sure. meaty, biggie, big, meaty, beady, big, big and, and bouncy by the Who. Which is when you look at that song list on that album, it you is should have at least got that one. I should have. I should. Have. What a great name for an album. Um, that's a must for you. So anyway, maybe it's still there, maybe not. But uh, six months. They that one was in really rough shape. Uh, Gary Wright was in good shape, so that's the reason I would have gotten the Who one. But um, I, I don't know if they have a turntable there that you can listen to and maybe you know um, find out how how good it plays. But anyway, all that doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, I'm down. Focus. I'm down on online shopping because. Um, it's just too risky, in my opinion. You know, if I'm ordering, you know, a new car scraper in September to arrive sometime before snow, that's great. But for holiday gifts, I'd just rather go to the store and pick it up. Well, with me personally, I'm sticking with online shopping mostly because I don't want to go to prison. You hate people. I, <laughs> I'm not real fond of people in general, like the other 11 months throughout the year, but... December, I'm just I'm gonna kill somebody. Uh, the, the average Christmas shopper needs to be cleaned out of the gene pool, in my opinion. So it's much safer for me as far as ending up in jail. I'm gonna do it online and just deal with it. But I feel your pain, and I totally understand. Well, it. since I'm so worked up, let's get the beer out. Beer? Did someone say beer? What's in your treasure trove? Ah, let's see. What are we gonna start with this week? Knobs. Uh, Stepped up and provided said beverage. Well, that's actually incorrect. I'll fact check that for you. All right. Well, um, what's up? That was that? actually provided by a listener this week. Hey, hey. Yep. Get so, some participation. Yeah. We need a bell or something. <laughs> Shout out to Shelly. Uh, she contacted me directly and provided the beer for tonight. Okay. So. Now she has to put that on the Facebook page. Bottoms up. Facebook Bottoms page up, yeah. with the apostrophe. Um, because that's where we want to see those fans interacting. So, you know, <laughs> yep. at least I think so. Yeah. So, thank you. Uh, thanks to Shelly for the beer tonight. Hey, Shells, way to go! Right, so, what do we what do we got? So uh, tonight we got a Oddside Ales from Grand Haven, Michigan. This is a Java Chip Mint Stout. It's a stout with coffee and peppermint tea added to it. This couldn't be any more Christmassy. <laughs> yeah. Very Christmassy. Java chip mint stout with tea and peppermint and coffee. And yeah. And the little coffee beans almost look like a Christmas flower. And speaking of jolly, at 6.5%, you might Ooh, start to feel a little jolly all afterwards. Right, so. right. Open up a few here. In Grand Haven, Michigan, is a beautiful beach town on Lake Michigan. And if you're into corn dogs, which I wholeheartedly am, no one's into corn dogs. You gotta go to Pronto Pup. It's on the channel. It is the best corn dog, hands down, worldwide. There's no such thing as the best corn dog. You've it never starts been at a really low bar, and it really doesn't get any higher than that. You've never been to Pronto Pup. There's a reason because they I serve will make corn a dogs. Believer out of you. <laughs> Um, you will be mm -hmm. able to... The best corn dog I ever had yeah. 
was awful. <laughs> I guarantee you, you go to Pronto Pup, you'll buy no less than three, no more than six. What makes them so special? I don't know. There's there's a sweet shot. Ah! There's a sweetness to the corn wrapping on that dog. Oh, so My bad. mouth is watered. All right. Anybody out there that's been to Pronto right, Pup? How about the beer? How about the beer? Hold on, hold on. We're not done with the Pronto Pup. Grand Haven's a great place. We've All had right. some good times here. Bottoms up. Let's Bottoms try up. this out. So what you thinking there, Blotto? Um, it's a stout. And uh, I like stouts. For me, drinking stouts are all about the moment. You know, like if I'm sitting at, say, maybe an English pub and I'm only going to have one beer and, you know, it's dark and I've already had my, you know, shepherd's pie or something like that, it fits the right mood. If I'm going to go out, you know, on a crawl with a lot of friends in the springtime, I'm not drinking stouts. So A little too heavy? Yeah, so, you know, with that, I kind of have to reserve judgment. You know, it tastes okay right now, but not necessarily being in the mood for a stout. I'm going to have to work on this a little bit and then give you a more. Right now, I put it in the meh. And, and as I keep drinking. You want to revisit it? Then I'll revisit, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's, that's fair. Um, well, one thing I'll, I'll say about it, it, it's a little bit too pepperminty for me. Um, I, I do suspect it would go well with corn dog, though. <laughs> You're going to keep bringing that theme up. <laughs> hey, it's Grand See, Haven, I, baby. I, I'm not overwhelmed by the mint. I, you know, I, I get the coffee in it. I even had a little bit of the tea flavor in there. Um, so, um, you know, to me, to me, it's it's not too pepperminty. Well, for, yeah. for my first taste or two, yeah. the peppermint's a little mudged. But I think I'm going to kind of follow your lead and maybe give it a little bit more, maybe halfway Half through bottle. the bottle yeah. and see where we're at. Nobs? Nobs, what you think? Uh, I taste a lot of the peppermint, which is good. It kind of balances out a little bit. It reminds me of a York peppermint patty. Um, dipped in coffee. Dipped in coffee, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta dip your peppermint patties in coffee when you're eating uh, a corn dog. <laughs> Just don't um, dip your corn dog in coffee. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know that the full bottle is going to be good, so I'm with you guys. Well, uh, Ooh, to, I, this is to, our first push. We have to reserve yeah. judgment until round two. Yeah. Okay. All right. That that seems fair. Um, hey, you know, I, I not to change subjects, but, uh, you know, we like to Anything from corn dogs yeah. is welcomed. All right. Moving on. Um, I, I ran across a meme I thought was pretty darn funny. And uh, I'm not so sure it's going to translate for podcasts, but I'll try it anyways. But we'll put it on the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. Bottoms on the Facebook page with the apostrophe. Judgment will be uh, made there. It's this guy. He's, he's out in his backyard. Looks like he's doing some yard work or whatever. And he's standing next to like a six-foot-tall ladder. And he's got kind of this disconcerted look on his face. And it says, this is my step ladder. I never knew my real ladder. <laughs> <laughs> Guys? Yeah, come on. Oh, there's a sadness to it. It's hilarious. In, in, I in, wish in, I would have come up with that. Multi-levels, yeah. Anyways, yeah. yeah, we'll post it on the... Uh... It's not as, as funny as what I think was, was the funniest meme that I, I saw this week. And that was, <laughs> it was a picture of 
Bob Ross painting on Stephen Miller's hair. <laughs> what was that guy uh, thinking? Uh, Bob Ross <laughs> or Stephen Miller? Well, we know what Bob Ross was thinking, right? Clouds. He was thinking joy, happy, and uh, birds. And, yeah. yeah. But Stephen Miller, for some reason, thought that he needed to up his game on TV with some GLH. <laughs> you know, when I first saw that, I seriously thought someone had Photoshopped it just messing around the spray on hair carpet or whatever. Yeah. That, it, I mean, it looks nothing like hair. <laughs> it, was, it was almost like Vulcan like. <laughs> It was something like, uh, I don't know what it was. But. Um, yeah, so Bob, Bob Ross is up there painting on his head. I did not see that. you got to definitely I po- will. post I'll, that for sure. Uh, I will. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right, so before we get into uh, this week's topics, and I think we got some, uh, some good topics, on the political topic, there was so much going on this week. It's just been... <sighs> Exhausting. Crazy, right? I mean, just today, yesterday, the day before, Stephen Miller's hair. We could have, <laughs> we could, we 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 could have gone on just about anything. So I, but I, I think focusing in on the uh, uh, on the early withdrawal, um, uh, what what Trump announced um, is is a good place to start as any. We got time to talk about the shutdown that's that's occurring as we speak. Um, and and then uh, for our cultural topic, um, you know, I might have been down on holiday shopping. I'm more down on this. <laughs> I'm really trying to keep the Christmas spirit. I really, really. Oh yeah, am. It sounds like it. Um, but you know what this other thing is that's on my mind. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. You you are part of the problem. <laughs> and I own it. As you sit there with yeah. your. Garment on my ugly Christmas sweater uh, in all of its glory. What 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 started as a as a nice, um, uh, I don't know, a nice aspect of Christmas has just now gotten out of control, and I will prove to you how out of control it's gotten. Okay, it's challenge it, it, it's, accepted. It is it is much larger than than you think. Much more of an epidemic. Oh, that. epidemic! That's a good word for it. <laughs> all right. Couple fact checks from last week. Uh, I was a little uncertain on the Manafort convictions. I think Fred, you called it correctly. At eight convictions, ten on the hung jury. We talked about the one juror being holed out. I wasn't quite sure on the numbers, and that's what it is. Eight you know where ten. I screwed up? I was right on the number of convictions, but I was wrong on the total. I think I might have said twelve, and I mm. think you said eighteen. But I think you said 10 convictions. I think that's Correct. where the mix up was. But the so. uh, truth is, eight um, eight convictions, eight guilties, and then uh, 10 uh, hung jury because of one Trumpster that was holding out. Yep, that was it. Um, uh, this is not so much a fact check, but more of a correction mm-hmm. from last week when we were talking about facial hair. Yes. I said something to the effect of, uh, we're talking about the history of facial hair, if you look back at the 18th century, uh you wouldn't see any photos of our founding fathers wearing facial hair. Well, that's because there are no photos of our founding fathers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so portraits, Mind maybe. blown. Okay, let's see we can say portraits or maybe a photo of a portrait, I suppose, maybe, if I want to, you know, um, help myself from here. But 
Um, I said photos, like you know, and of course, it was a good I, catch. I mean, one zinging over our heads, none of us got it. Just made when I when I, I heard it uh, in the replay, and I just laughed. Um, you asked if uh, gray beards might grow faster because you feel like yours has grown faster and fuller and and fuller. Uh, I did a quick search of that; nothing came up. Really, um, and that's you know, it, so we could put that in the um, unproven category, right? But um, unfortunately, the way that Google works, it doesn't, um, it, it just always wants to give you the answers for the most popular searches, you know? So it's probably 10 pages down or something. Yeah, because all it kept telling me is why beards are gray, but not if they really necessarily grow faster. Um, so I, I would just have to, 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 to leave that one as undetermined at this point in time. Mm, a and, cold case. And then lastly, uh... I threw out there that I thought Ted Cruz might have grown some facial hair, but it could have also been photoshopped. No, he's giving it a shot. He's 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 got some growth on there. Well, maybe he used a Stephen Miller spray can <laughs> of black facial carpet. I mean, who knows? It may it may not be real hair. Yes. <laughs> it may not. A little spritz here or there that'll do you. All right. So we had mentioned we're going to talk about the. Uh, serious situation and uh, the president's early withdrawal. Um, the bastard so low that he made this unilateral decision and then told the world on a tweet. Of all things, a tweet. That's how the Pentagon found out. That's how his cabinet found out, most of his cabinet. That's how the media found out. That's how our allies found out. It was on a tweet. And I think the only people that were with him in, in the decision room was Mattis and Pompeo. Who disagreed. Yeah, both of them. Right. Yeah, I'll give kudos to yeah. Pompeo. He finally well, showed a little backbone and disagreed. Okay, that's only as reported. Okay. And actually, I he's in hiding. Oh. Have you heard from Pompeo on this no. since? No, no, no. No. Pompeo's in hiding. And Mattis... Well, he's yeah. like, screw this. He's gone. I'm, I'm out. out of here. <laughs> this guy's a maniac. <laughs> but uh, um, it's just this whole tweet thing is, is making me mental. Mm. I mean, the fact that the president of the United States, supposedly the most powerful man in the world, has got to create public policy and worldwide policy over tweeting. It, it's like dealing with a seventh grader. Yeah, in the bathroom, hiding, sitting in a stall, tweeting. Yeah, because because his because his his dad said, "Get off, you know, no more using the phone." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he's hiding or yeah. something. I mean, it's just the most childish, immature way, and it's be, mostly because he's a coward. He, yeah, he 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 can hide yeah. behind. He's the very tweet. passive aggressive. Oh God, he's yeah. the biggest yeah. chicken shit now, coward. Orange. I disagree with tweeting about foreign policy, but I don't disagree with his tweeting. I, I tell Trumpsters all the time, you know, they're like, oh, we just wish he would tweet less. Okay, first of all, tweeting is a medium, right? It's a media. So it's, it's, it's context still matters and content still matters more than whatever way he's putting it out. Oh, okay, speaking of context, what was the first thing he said in this tweet? Uh, the, ISIS, ISIS was being defeated. defeated. <laughs> really? <laughs> It's a good thing he told everybody. Let us in on the joke. I mean... Except until he heard that they weren't. Oh, yeah. And then he had to send out another tweet. And what did the second tweet say? 
Um, well, our friends, mm-hmm. uh, the ones are, that are he stuck take holding up the, the fight. Bag. Yes, they're going to take up. They're the going to take up the fight. Now, how can there be a fight if, if ISIS is defeated? defeated? This yeah. is, ooh, ponderous, ponderous, ponderous. <laughs> but as I was saying, let him tweet because he shows us who he is. He shows us what a moron he is. Uh-huh. You know, that's always been my biggest concern with him being president, besides the corruption, is that he's just not mentally fit. Oh, no. And, he's 25th and, Amendment all the way. And uh, he's an idiot. And and the tweeting just continues to show that. So mm-hmm. you keep tweeting, Trump. The villi- please. The village idiot. Yeah. But just don't tweet foreign policy without telling anybody. <laughs> that, that part is... Now, now is, think about this. What if someone really important involved in all this... Didn't have a Twitter account. <laughs> think about the ramifications. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Well, think about um, it. Not not everybody. What, what I what I have thought about. You think Mattis has a Twitter account? Um, See them little. I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he tweets. Oh, I don't think yeah. so either. It's a good thing he was there in that room. Right. Right. He would. Secretary of Defense might not have known. You know, we're laughing about it, but that's. Uh, how, how can you not laugh? I, yeah. If you don't laugh, we cry. Yeah, and we don't cry on this podcast. Now I, I am holding out, holding out hope in one respect, and that is, I'm still not a hundred percent certain this is going to happen. Now events have happened in the last day and a half that kind of make it seem more real, but I'm still there's a part of me that says this is a distraction. You Shiny know, he's, object. He's had a really really bad week. And, you know, he's done this before. That's he, an understatement. You know, he, he did it with the 10% middle class tax cut before the midterms. Uh, he kind of did it with the border patrol or the sending the military down to the border. It was going to be 15,000 troops. You know, he, he, he has a tendency just to say things without any kind of context of time, past or future tense. So I, I, I'm still kind of holding out hope that that this is what he wants, but a more thorough plan will be put in place. But it, but but perhaps not. And maybe this is one of those things that he's just going to try and follow through with, um, you know, by power of the tweet. And by plan, you mean reaction to his psychotic behavior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just want to be yeah. sure. Let's, yeah. let's define our terms. So so let's talk about the first casualty of this. Well, James Matt, what? We got to stay on the the idiocy of what he did. First, he tweeted that, and then he followed it up with a little Looney Tune. <laughs> oh, oh, the video, the video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not see the full video. I, I did, and it, it was a miracle—a miracle <laughs> of lunacy. I mean, he he gets on there. It's a totally staged, totally canned White House production film. Stephen Miller film yeah and trump's going on and on telling us what a great thing this is going to be and then the one part that you and i discussed earlier yes where he invokes the uh the sacrifice of you know of our soldiers in that they would approve of this that's kind of yeah and it's just deplorable it's just despicable you know and i think it is one of the main reasons that Mattis threw his hands up and said, I'm out of here. I, I can't deal with the guy that has no respect for the military. Did you happen and to see And if you want to know more about how he disrespects the military, Potom's up, 
episode number three. Which is it? <laughs> Which is it? Which is it? Two, one, two, three. No, it's two or three. All right. Um, but did you did you see that the part where he invoked the dead soldiers? No, because I didn't see that. I just heard that he did. Yeah. Oh, it was two uh, episode two, but it it was one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen when he came to invoking <laughs> so much. The, the soldiers that have died in the war against terrorism. He looked up to the sky and he pointed to them as if they were looking down from heaven above with approval, in approval of, of what the president was it's, saying. It's I mean, wrenching, is what it is. This is like way yeah. beyond even episode two. <laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I, no, you didn't interrupt me at all. And, and it just leads up to I think the biggest event so far out of the out of his uh, early withdrawal problem. Uh, is is the the Mattis resignation? You know, you know he he dissed him before on sending troops to the border. You know, Mattis bit his tongue, went along with that charade. Yep. Now this, and Mattis says, I I, I can't deal with this moron any longer. Exit stage left. And how does he exit? Face to face, like a man. He had a resignation letter, and yep. he went face to face. Unlike when people get fired from this White House, right. the orange coward hides behind Twitter, or if he does, can't get the gumption up, he'll get somebody else like Kelly to fire him. Did you read the letter? Yes, I did. I, I absolutely read the letter. I, I, it's I, remarkable. I thought it was, it's a, it, they're saying that letter is a historic piece of material. That, yeah. To start with, no Secretary of Defense has ever resigned under protest. Right. So they're, they're, they're saying, always on the same page as the president. That's why they are, you know, appointed to that position. Yep. And the, the letter mm. was amazing. Just the, Usually the difference in military strategy between the president and the secretary of defense could be measured in nuance. Right. You know, that's and, and those differences are probably hashed out with the input of a lot of other people and a lot of forethought. You know, when... when when you are so far apart in your political and geopolitical strategy and ideology that you can't work together, and who am I going to side with, right? I mean, <laughs> who, who are we going to side with? I mean, that's why the world is alarmed, not because of the difference, but because, you know, Mattis is somebody we trust. Trump, we know, is a moron. Yep. And you know what's, what's interesting is the day before... Mattis actually resigned. They had some some uber-ranked retired military people on the Talking Head show, and they were talking about Mattis, and they were saying that Mattis is the type of guy who's going to stay at his post until he's relieved. Because mm-hmm. they, they were kicking around the idea. Yeah. He's a soldier. Of, oh, yeah, and he's a four-star general, a Marine mm-hmm. of all things. You know, they're the toughest of them all. And they were saying that this guy, you know, he'll never leave his post unless relieved. So they were saying he was, they were predicting he was going to stick it out. But this just shows you how far the presidents pushed this guy. In fact, I think a lot of the Republican blowback on the president has has come about because of the Mattis resignation. He was the last adult left in the room to take care of the child. Right. I mean, I think... I The think, babysitter is gone. I, I think the Republicans still would have been against it 
But when they see Mattis resigning and they see the letter that he wrote, they're starting to understand, you know, what they have to deal with and the monster that they've created because of their lack of oversight and keeping him in check. But there has been some Republican blowback on this. Uh, so, so perhaps something will be, be done, you know, to um, uh, where cooler heads prevail and, and a smarter strategy is, is, is what eventually comes out of this. Because right now, there are clear winners and losers in this. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, you know who, who's going to benefit most from us pulling out of Syria? Iran. Yep. Assad. Syria. Yes, yep. Syria. Syrian government. Syria. Yep. Um, Turkey, for sure. Because Which, they've been chomping on the bit to, to get after the Kurds because they see the Kurds as these uber terrorists. In their yeah, own. I don't quite understand that. And the no. whole Turkey thing, I mean, Erdogan wants to be a dictator like Trump. So, you know, <laughs> but yet he's in NATO. Yeah, that, that is weird. You know, and, and aren't they like the second largest army next to us? Maybe. Like I, I just, NATO, you know, Fact check. I, don't, I don't think Turkey is our friend. I, I, I just, you know, kind of sense that. And they want to go after the Kurds. Don't understand why. But that is what the narrative is. And, you know, I believe it. That's, it's, it's, it's being said enough. And, and What about and, Israel? Well, Israel's getting screwed out of this, you know. And I don't understand how Trump and the Trumpsters and the conservatives continue to claim Israel and the Jewish people here in the United States as on their side. They, they always want to co-op them. Both parties want to co-op that, uh, that segment, right, yep. that demographic, um, because it's a, it's a good voting block. But, you know, time and time again, they're using this, or the GOP uses uh, Israel as a way to say, you know, you have to vote Republican. And Bibby's been on their side, right, in the, uh, by and large. But this is not good for him. This is really, really bad for him because this helps Iran and helps Iran, you know, get closer to Syria, closer to Israel. And not a peep out of him either. No, no, nothing out of Netanyahu yet. Yeah, he's been quiet as a mouse. Um, I'm sure they're tracking him down. And he's probably already been on the phone to Trump. Yeah, or Kushner. (laughs) Well, he's got to go through. Well, doesn't he have to go through Mulvaney now? I don't know. Well, um, I don't know. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, the other people that are getting screwed out of this are the Syrian people. You know, the Syrian people are caught in a, a, a pseudo-civil war there. I mean, you've got rebels that want to overthrow Assad. We were kind of helping them out a little bit, more so on the Kurds, fighting terrorism. Um, but w- without having U.S. presence there, uh, Syria's just going to gas them. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's what's really going to happen. Um, and then the other big thing about the pullout is um, the uh, the return of ISIS. You know, the, they're they're going to be they're going to recharge their batteries, reinvigorated, um, yep. and you know maybe they establish a caliphate again. Maybe they don't. I mean, that was the big thing we were able to kind of you know uh, decimate their caliphate, uh, but. Um, you know they're they're going to be back, and you know that's what happens when you when you leave an area that you were in control of, and and let that vacuum be filled in with bad players. 
Yeah. And last but not least, there's our NATO allies. Mm-hmm. In, in the, the guys that are going to take up the fight. Yeah, the fight that's already won. So, I mean, there's <laughs> NATO and then all of our European allies. None of those, along with our, mm-hmm. our own Pentagon and military that weren't uh, brought into the conversation, they didn't bring any of those other countries into it either. Yeah. They, they found out on Twitter, I'm assuming. They Probably found out from CNN, right? Yeah. Right. Right. So, so who do you think the big winners in all this are going to be? Well, I, I think, as we said, Iran, Assad, Turkey, ISIS, and... We forgot somebody. Yeah. Trump's good buddy. Putin. Yeah. <laughs> Putin. And, and, and what does he want? Putin Rules. wants a Syria and Assad that he can work with, so he has his base as close to Europe as he can get. Yep. On the Mediterranean, and that's what he gains out of this. You know, there, there's a big portion of you know my spider sense here that says Putin and Erdogan are the one that told Trump to do this. Oh yeah, it seems like both of their fingerprints are on this. They're dictating. Yes, yeah. Because then, what else did Putin say? Oh, he had, he brought up the the whole uh, idea that for years and years the U.S has been saying they're going to get out of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens? No sooner does he say that in his, his annual press conference than the president announces that they're going to draw down half the troops in Afghanistan. And, right. and another one that they're talking right. about right. in short order. Just you, knee-jerk, yank them out of there. You know, I, I don't know, and I don't know if you're going to claim to know what the best, knobs do you know, <laughs> what the best strategy is for Syria. In, as far as U.S. policy goes. No. I mean, we get ourselves into these quagmires, and they're hard to, you know, extricate ourselves. But what I do know is that Trump doesn't know either. Yeah. And the idea that he's following his gut is mortifying. I mean, I mean, we have, you know, experts and military experts and geopolitical experts, and they all come together and decide what is best. And when you do it unilaterally, in a vacuum, maybe with foreign influence, that can't be good because maybe. you know how those other players are benefiting from this. You know the the other the other angle is for, as, as far as Trump's motivation goes, is it just filling uh, filling up a, a campaign promise that he made? Yep. Which in, in, again makes it equally as dangerous. Well, he, you know, he does this kind of thing, like you mentioned earlier. He's had the week from hell. He's had, he's got walls closing in from ten sides, not just mm-hmm. four. And what he seems to do when he gets cornered like this is he wants to reach out to his base, and his base is reached through these cockamamie promises he made two years ago that he, you know, the wall, mm-hmm. get out of Syria. Right. Those are just a couple examples. Right. In, right. In, Muslim in, ban. Yeah, Muslim yeah. ban, all, yeah. all that type of thing. So. You you mentioned the campaign promises. He goes to that checklist when he gets cornered, and he, I got to get something done. I, I got to rile up the base. I got to rile up the base. You, you know, the, the base was was well. They weren't really so charged about this, but they are charged about the the government shutdown. He's rallied the base again. They're all in favor of this government shutdown, <laughs> which is so so bizarre, right? I mean, like like yeah. it. it, it, it it, it, it makes it, no it, sense. It defies it's not good logic for anybody, it, right? It defies uh, uh, patriotism. <laughs> um, you know, 
and and the the other another aspect to, to the Syria Syria um, withdrawal is we are breaking promises once again. We are showing to the world that you cannot rely on America. Trump's America. Yes. Yeah. But unfortunately, to a lot of eyes, that's, you it's know. It's America. That, that's in what America is right now. I mean, we voted him in. I know other presidents in the past have broken promises, but not at the clip that this guy does. Well, um, you, you also couple that with all the lying and, you know, everything deplorable about him, right? And, and um, <clears throat> you know, it was just last week that... Uh, one of one of the principals in the Department of Defense, uh, the special envoy to defeat Islamic State, Brett McGurk. Sweet name. <laughs> um, uh, McGurk. It's mm. tough. <laughs> Don't mess with McGurk. Yeah. Sounds like he played defensive end for the Packers in '66. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was he was just out in front of the news. Uh, saying it would be reckless if we were to say, well, the physical caliphate is defeated, so we can just leave now. I think anyone who looked at a conflict like this would agree with that. That was a week ago. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, and then six days happens. later, he gets a tweet <laughs> saying, uh, never mind. Mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. It, it kind of harkens me back to... Uh, mission accomplished. Yep. George W. Bush. Wasn't yeah. he on an aircraft carrier or something with, uh, a, with a his banner behind? <laughs> with his cod piece. That's right. I hate to bring it up. Yep. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. ISIS has been defeated. Now, I, I, as I mentioned to you, I'm still not 100% positive that this is going to happen. And the reason I'm not is because I don't think there still is a real plan behind it. Now, some things are happening that maybe there is more of a plan. Like the timeline, um, you know, you heard that... I heard on MSNBC it was supposedly a 30-day plan to pull out of... Uh, which seems very ambitious. Yeah. You know, well, and, and, you know, they've been asking the Pentagon, what does this mean? Is it 100% withdrawal? Are we going to keep up air support, which is what the Kurds really need? Are we going to keep drones flying over there? advisors and spotters because that's how we know where to you know bomb the black bomb the bad guys um so there hasn't been any real plan um can you give me an example of a plan that he's no. had on any of this stuff like this i mean the guy the, never the great the great plan. negotiator never has a plan i mean that's where it, it, it still is the head scratcher with the big con game you know if he was going, if he was truly a great negotiator, he could have been working with Syria or with Russia saying, hey, you know what? If we pull out, what are we getting for it? Right? We get nothing. He puts his... Uh, <laughs> he gets his head rubbed I, by Putin. I, I heard this one on TV the other day. It made me laugh. He's a guy that's trying to... <laughs> bluff everybody with his cards up. <laughs> <laughs> that paints an awesome mental it, picture. It, it does. It, it does. And he's probably <laughs> sitting there looking all sly. <laughs> because, I mean, he just showed his cards. We're pulling out. 
So we have no leverage over Assad. We have no leverage over Russia. We have no leverage over Iran in this situation. They're they're all thrilled about it, and we get nothing for it. Shocker. You know? Spoiler alert. (laughs) Unbelievable. Um, You know, along with just the, the people of Syria and the Kurds being affected, this kind, of, this kind of thing affects globally other people, people here in the United States. I mean, you were mentioning that earlier. You might want to expand on that. Well. No, no, you, you'd mentioned just how it affects people here in the United States, the, the economy, uh, the stock market. Well, I mean, the whole uncertainty, right? I mean, right. you know, the, 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 the stock market is on trend to be the worst December ever since the Great Depression. Yep. And, you know, I, I don't I, I don't put a whole lot of weight in the stock market based on presidential economics because business does what business does. Um, and it's an ebb and flow kind of thing. And we've been in this bull market for 30 plus years, almost 40 years. We've had some slight corrections along the way. And I'm not sure that this isn't a correction. Um, but... When he's doing the things that he's doing, causing uncertainty, people are like, you know what, having a little bit more cash on hand and not tied up in the stock market might be the right thing to do. Yep. So, you know, you know, he's he's taking a, a, a snowball that's going downhill and, you know, he's throwing more snow on it and making it a bigger problem. Um, and <clears throat> so, you know, it, it, it's, you know, that tweet affects millions and millions and millions of people. You know, that that's that's what's so dangerous and reckless about Trump. You know, and, and he doesn't care. He no. he he doesn't care at all who it affects. You know, you know, he, he either it's a it's a filling a campaign promise so he's trying to suck up to uh, an ever dwindling base or it's he's compromised by Russian inf- or or foreign influence, Russia, you Saudis, know, Saudis, Turkey, and so he's compromised by them, and he has to do what they're asking to do. Both scenarios, and it's probably a combination of both. Yeah, but you know, both scenarios are are um, uh, dangerous, dangerous and costly. Bottoms up. Yeah, bottoms up for that. Um, you know, I, I think kind of to to wrap this up, um, I I read an article by um, Alex Ward of Vox. And, and you know I'm a big Vox fan. Yep, Plug. Um, they, I, they're the best internet explainers on the internet. Um, and they took it, in a, they, they pulled back a little bit and took it in a really, really big picture and said, this is what happens when you don't have the plan B. The difficulty of withdraw, withdrawing from any global engagement, any conflict, you know, Bush had his problems with Iraq. Certainly, Obama had problems getting out of Iraq and getting out of Afghanistan. When we go into these things, we are not thinking about what the plan B is. We're not thinking about what is success. We're not thinking about what are our goals to the point that we're able to then withdraw. And, you know, the, the lesson has to be, and that's what the... The point of this article, the lesson has to be, we have to consider these kinds of things 
before we get in the engagement, you know? And, and I think dealing with Trump, he doesn't come up with a plan A. You're asking for a plan B. This guy just does this stuff without even a plan A. So it just right. it complicates things even more. Right. Yeah. No, if, if, if you have a plan B, you don't need to withdraw. Bottoms up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Fred, I'm ready for our next beer. What do you got in the treasure trove? Let's take a look in that trove. Trove of treasures. I don't even know what a trove is. Neither do I. But I've got one. <laughs> All trolls do. Well, I wish I had one, too. <laughs> All right. Let's see. What do we got here? It's got a pretty pink label oh. from Shorts Brewery in Elk Rapids, Michigan. We present for you Strawberry Shorts Cake, a golden ale brewed with fresh strawberries and milk sugar. What the hell is milk sugar? <laughs> I don't know. Abs? Uh, <laughs> sounds yeah. like something you would know. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just milk. cornucopia of knowledge? Milk, milk sugar? Milk, milk sugar? Uh, Anyhow, let's see. We got some stats on this. I don't see anything on the label. It, it's uh, 5%. 5%? Yes. Okay. Right. So pretty, uh, pretty mellow by, by Potom's Up standards. Seems like um, something like this would be a, a summer brew. Sh- Shorts Brew is a uh, is a what? Is a, is a fairly large microbrewery, craft brewery in Michigan. I think it's probably in the in the top five. You know, with uh, Bells and Founders, and maybe even the top three. I, I can't think of one that's larger. They make a lot of uh, cool beers. Um, Let's uh, give it a shot. Whoa. I smell the strawberry before I even take a sip out of this thing. Well, let's pot them up and give it a shot. Erf. <laughs> <laughs> strawberry, baby. Yeah, that's, that's a bit sweet. Wow. That's, that's a bit sweet. Wow. Um, <clears throat> you can go first, Blotto. Uh, you know... Um, it, it's certainly a summer brew, so I don't even know how Knobs found it this time of year. Um, well, it was our guest. Uh, or that's our, right. Not our that, guest, that but our right. listener. Uh, yeah. and, uh, that's right. Um, Shout out to Shells. Um, to me, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bit too sweet. It, it comes on a bit strong. Maybe it's going to mellow out as I drink it. Um, but I can tell right away this is not one that I would purchase again. Versus some of the other beers that we have tasted, I I, I know that I would purchase them, but this one I wouldn't. Well, you know how bitter I am in life <laughs> and with my beer. So this is uh, yeah. There's nothing bitter about it. This is not for yeah. me. I mean, it's a, it tastes good for what it is, but I can't. That's why I, I don't cannot, want to say it's a bad I beer. I Correct. can't drink this. This is not for me. Yeah, I will drink it. Can't we? Can't, is, That's can't why. mean someone's preventing me from doing it. So <laughs> I will drink this, but I will not purchase this again for myself personally. Yeah. It tastes fine, but it's not Nops. for me. Uh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from the blueberry pancake man. <laughs> right, right. No, I like strawberry flavors. Probably one of my favorite flavors. Um, it is definitely more of a summer beer, and it would go fantastic for a summer camping trip. Hmm. But I don't, I don't know that I could really have more than a few, probably, because uh, yeah. it is kind of sugary, more on the sweet side. But uh, I like it; find it refreshing. Okay. I, I could see it as refreshing. I did want to close the circle on beer number one, 
we never gave our final uh, rulings on it. Uh, I would I would put it in the for me category. I I okay. I, I enjoyed it as as it went through. That yeah. was the Java chip yeah. minced out. How about you, Nobs? Um, the more I, I drank it, the less I liked it. Okay. Um, it went from a for me to a meh. Okay. Meh. I don't think it's for me, but the thing I didn't like about it was the to me it was overly strong with the peppermint, but that kind of mellowed out about about mid beer it went away so i liked it more but you wouldn't purchase it no not not for me i, I would purchase it you know okay I, again if i was in the mood for stout i would purchase it okay yeah. we closed the loop but on there's that. there's 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 no way i would purchase the other one <laughs> strawberry <laughs> <laughs> nah all right <clears throat> so i'll tell you something else i would never purchase <laughs> what would that be pray tell <laughs> I will never purchase an ugly Christmas sweater from Target. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we agree. I I don't even know really where to start on this, Fred. I you know, there was a moment a couple weeks back when I'm out shopping and we're at a department store and I see hanging up ugly Christmas sweaters. Designed and sold to be ugly Christmas sweaters, and I, I I just thought, can we be done with this? I I love Christmas. I'm not a Scrooge, you know. People who know me know that I'm not a Scrooge. But this ugly Christmas sweater thing has just gotten out of control. I mean, when I started looking into this topic, I realized how big it is, how it has permeated our culture. You know, when we look at our cultural topics for, you know, these podcasts, we try and look at things that cover a vast majority of the population or that are extremely popular right now. Right. This is all of that and more. This would be the largest cultural topic <laughs> that, that we have attempted year to date. Who to thunk? That's, that's, that's exactly my point. And, you know, I, I'll just give you some examples. Okay. And, and you have some of your own, I'm sure. A couple weeks ago. So this was even two weekends, three weekends ago now. Uh, we were out, couples night, couples date night in downtown Rochester. Nice place. Beautiful. You know, they, Beautiful they, decorations. they, they do a big thing with the lights. Every building's yeah, yeah. lit up. Uh, I don't know if it was ugly Christmas sweater day in Rochester, <laughs> but I shit you not. 70% of the people seemed like they were wearing ugly Christmas sweaters. Now, maybe they stood out more than the people that weren't, but just everybody wearing a Christmas sweater. <laughs> what, what, what that also kind of brings me to mm -hmm. is, do we need to define the ugly Christmas sweater? Air quotes, by the way. Air quotes, okay. Do we need to define what the ugly Christmas sweater is? Why, why do you ask that? Because have we gotten to a place now where anytime somebody's wearing a Christmas sweater, it may be considered an ugly Christmas sweater, right? If it's if it has snowflakes on it or reindeer or a Santa Claus or something, right? Some silhouette, is that now you could be mistaken for wearing an ugly Christmas sweater when you were just wearing a sweater? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, that's an interesting question. Have because I would throw that in, into the Rochester into the Rochester you know scene, right? Lots of people wearing Christmas sweaters, right? 
I mean, I, it's gotten so bad that there is no Christmas sweater anymore. It is just the ugly Christmas sweater. Definitely what they're all termed, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, for the people that were making really nice Christmas sweaters, <laughs> their business is hosed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the idea that you could buy these and for the sole purpose of being ugly, just, you know, that's not the point, right? The, the point of the not ugly... anymore. Correct. The point of the ugly Christmas sweater, going back was it was self-deprecating humor, Yep. right? Oh, I had this old sweater, or my grandmother made this for me, you know, or my grandmother gave it to me or whatever. I don't know why I'm picking on grandma so much. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you wore it in kind of, you know, homage, but also to make fun of yourself. And this was the, you know, this was the fashion back in the day, right? Now it's let's get the most outrageous sweater <laughs> that we can, that has been totally fabricated to be outrageous. I don't know why, but when you mentioned, I don't know why I'm picking on Grandma so much, it made me think of the Christmas story with Ralphie and the pink bunny suit. Right. From his... <laughs> That's his I aunt, I think. Why. Yeah, it's his aunt, yeah. but it, that, that <clears throat> popped up in my head for some reason. I digress. No, I, but the, uh, the ugly Christmas sweater thing, it's, it's not bad if they're vintage. Right. You like know. like mine, yes. Mine's well, we assume yours is vintage. mine is real deal. Um, oh, look at it! Uh, it, this is, this is, it hits on all the right marks. Let me tell all you: all the bells, whistles, bows, <laughs> trees, deers, <laughs> angels. angels. Oh. Those buttons, those buttons the are amazing. Buttons are outstanding. I might actually. Have to, we might I, have to post a picture. What I of like just the button. is the. Uh, I don't know what you call the piping around the stitching around the edges. There, there oh, must this? be like a. A crafty term for that. I think this is a Christmas sweater unique. Yeah. You, you see it on a lot of them. I don't know what you call it either, but we'll have to snap a picture of this beauty and uh, post it on the Facebook page for sure. Okay, so we, we know that there are holiday parties, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and that's kind of what we always put the ugly sweater at. It has gotten so much bigger than that. Like I said, this, this cultural movement is really out of bounds now, okay? I mean, we all have the corporate parties. Yeah. And, and, and those. Uh, my girlfriend's son, he had to have two different ugly Christmas sweaters for two different corporate events at the same company. You're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Snobs. Could, could, could not wear the same one twice. <laughs> Don't be caught dead a second time in that sweater. Uh, uh, speaking of a Christmas story... Is uh, one of his has a picture of the leg lamp. Oh, does it? Oh, excellent. Now that sounds yeah. non-vintage. Now, just to show you how much of a Scrooge that I am not, there's a leg lamp here in the one-shot studio. All right. I do have a leg lamp, miniature version. Um, <clears throat> so I started to do a little bit of research on this topic. And the first thing I noticed is that when you punch in ugly, ugly Christmas sweaters comes right up. Next to ugly beards. Correct. <laughs> Correct. I did claim that last week, too. Yes, yes, you did. You said it popped up, and you were you were surprised. I was surprised. But ugly Christmas sweaters come up even higher. So I, I'm, I'm falling into both categories at um, once tonight. You are the living epitome of today's culture. Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you ugly, uh, and your mama dresses you uh, funny. Your grandmama. <laughs> your grandmama, in this case. Um, 
But the, the first thing I noticed was I was looking for news stories and I wanted to get insight about the ugly sweater craze. And all I really found were ugly seller, ugly sweater resellers. And they wouldn't be coming up on the initial search results unless it wasn't effective, right? That's the way the algorithms work. Right. So there's a lot of people selling ugly Christmas sweaters. And it took me several pages to get to something that was somewhat newsworthy. Mm-hmm. You know, the um, um, a little history here, though. I did find uh, what I think is kind of the... Um, the beginning of this craze, and that goes back to some folks that were on Shark Tank in 2013. Really? So a couple guys had started this thing called Tipsy Elves, which was outrageous Christmas sweaters in 2011. Mm -hmm. Between 2011 and 2013, they had sold 5,000 sweaters. Okay. Robert, I don't remember his last name. I know who you're talking about. He invested in them. Between 2014 and 2017, they sold over 20 million sweaters and had revenues of $70 million. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. That's the real deal. And if, you, and if you look at Google searches, you know, and we'll put the chart up on to the Facebook page, you'll see how Google searches for ugly Christmas sweaters jump between 2012 and 2014. It's about five-fold. Wow. So we, we can blame Tipsy Elves and uh, Shark Tank for at least part of the problem. Um, but, but back to the size of this cultural phenom. The behemoth. Um, we mentioned parties, right? Uh, bars now have ugly Christmas sweater nights. I don't know. Free drinks or whatever. Okay. Um when I was looking for news stories, one of the news stories I came up with was, these newborn babies in ugly Christmas sweaters truly make the season bright. That was an article. <laughs> I didn't read it. Oh, I was just going to say, did you read that? <laughs> I didn't need to read the article. I just needed, you know, some added evidence of why this is just caught on so, so uh, to, to the culture. Um, this year... The Duggars had their first ever ugly Christmas sweater party on TV. I believe it's Duggars. Oh. You might throw throw people off. The Duggars. The Duggars. Okay. With the 27 children. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know they were still on TV. I, I, you know, I was wondering if that was maybe a little dated, but it doesn't matter. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Um, One of the... one of the articles I found, which I thought was kind of funny as things elevate themselves, you know, through the Google searches, is um, a guide to the ugly Christmas sweater parties in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> now, I guess if you're living in Buffalo, New York, ugly Christmas sweater parties are important. <laughs> I can't, sounds like it is. <laughs> I mean, don't they have to wear them pretty much? Nine or ten months out of the year. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> Again. Um, uh, so there are, and I'm sure that there are guides to other cities as well. Buffalo, be, be, because you, you're in eight feet of snow, there are I, certain I results. Wonder if you should ask uh, Judy about that. She's from Buffalo. Ah, okay. All right. Um, Krispy Kreme 
has come out with uh, donuts inspired by the UCS. The UCS. The ugly Christmas sweaters. <sighs> so Krispy Krispy uh, Kremes has got on the wagon here. Um, this one blew my mind. Our beloved Red Wings here in Detroit. I saw that in one of their promos, you know, instead of doing a bobblehead or, you know, free puck night or whatever, they had an ugly sweater t-shirt giveaway. What is that? I don't know. Did you see a picture? (laughs) Um, I think we could find one, but WTF would be an ugly sweater (laughs) t-shirt. A t-shirt designed to look like an ugly Christmas sweater. And, and, and again, go back to why. Why is this important to us to have ugly Christmas sweaters? Do you think mm. people were complaining? Would they rather have the bobblehead? Or do you think they get sucked in on this sweater? I think they loved it. Yeah. I'm sure they sold out their first 20000 or 10000 and people were putting them on over top of their Red Wings jerseys. And I think we definitely have to track one of those down because <laughs> I'm trying to picture exactly what this thing would look like. Um. Other national brands have gotten in on the on on the uh, on the craze. Uh, Pillsbury Doughboy, Pillsbury has come out with a line of Pillsbury Doughboy ugly Christmas sweaters that you can purchase online. I haven't seen one of those, so maybe I, they've missed the mark. I I, I kind of get that, right? Holiday baking, blah blah blah. You know, it fits. This one I cannot get. Another brand that has jumped on the wagon. Is Liquid Plumber. <laughs> Liquid Plumber. Liquid Plumber. I don't know how you get one. What? Okay, but Liquid Plumber what? has an ugly Christmas sweater. They have the uh, the UCS, and uh, I saw it online. It is basically it looks like an elf jacket, but with a faux butt crack in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wonder if Liquid Plumber was was like stepping out way over the edge going, all right, they want an ugly sweater. We'll give them an ugly sweater Well, with a butt crack. Like, like, like the, the part that I don't get is you have the marketing people at Liquid Plumber and they're like, what is catchy? What, how, how, what can we attach ourselves to that is going to, you know, make us more, you know, Family contemporary friendly. or whatever, right? Oh, of Christmas course. friendly. Everyone is on the ugly Christmas sweater. I mean, that, that's what that's why I bring these examples up because you can just see if Liquid Plumber feels like this is a good idea, <laughs> it's got to be huge, like huge, right? Or why um, would they even bother? Yep. You, you know, uh, Brooks running shoes. Yes, I own a pair. Okay, they are well respected. Except in many ways, top of the line running shoes, especially by those that really like to run around. They have an ugly Christmas sweater version. <laughs> we have got to get these pictures on so, the page. So, so sweaters don't have to be sweaters. Ugly Christmas sweater running shoes. Ugly Christmas sweater t-shirts. <laughs> ugly Christmas sweater. I don't know. You know? You name it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I got another one. I got an email from a business association that I do, uh, that I'm a part of. The subject line in the email was, nothing ugly about this sweater. That was the subject line. That was the subject line. So I click on it, 
And basically, it's just a holiday card. Oh, really? So it just said, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, bring in the new year, whatever. So it's just from the association. And so it was not a sweater at all. (laughs) So now, okay, so we know that ugly Christmas sweaters can be T-shirts. They can be sneakers. They can also be emails. (laughs) Phishing emails. (laughs) They get you to click. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not just the U.S., it's an international It's an epidemic. international thing. Uh, the Finns are really into it. Really? <laughs> Finland, eh? Got some really nice sweaters, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, they have to, right? Well, I mean, yeah. Quality. Survival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're pretty close to Santa. That's true. Um, I, I just, uh, I, so when I was doing the research, I, I was just dumbfounded by the, the amount of stuff. That is attaching companies, brands, um, you know, Americana that was just attaching itself to ugly Christmas sweaters. <clears throat> well, I, when I look at them, I, I always kind of compare it. Are they true vintage or are they the store-bought right. ones? the Target Walmart versions. And I, I wouldn't spend penny one on one in a store. But you go to a resale shop, you can find some hot ones like the one I had here. <laughs> yeah. And it, I, what really, I mean, I, I was blown away by how beautiful this was. It, it truly it, is. It's, it's, it, I'm about ready it to It brings cry. out the blue in my eyes. <laughs> but the second thing is trying to find one to fit me. Because you, you can find some pretty hideous mm-hmm. ones, but they're small. I mean, they're generally, like this one, is definitely made for a woman. <laughs> smells like a man, but made for a woman. Um, but this was the, the double win. It yeah. fits me, it's comfortable, it's warm, and it looks fantastic. It's practical, too. It's practical, too. And you wore it to work? Yes, I did. We had a uh, <laughs> holi- Christmas holiday luncheon, and they said, everyone wear your ugly, sw- ugly Christmas sweaters. And I'm telling you, I was shocked. It was 40 to 50%, yeah. at least, were wearing if, if, How many of those people live in Rochester? <laughs> Quite a few, actually. <laughs> We're in Auburn Hills, so it's not that far. And that's not a stretch to make that uh-huh. assumption. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I honestly did not think there were going to be that many people there wearing them. But it was probably happening. Yeah, no, that's the same thing that... Uh, Crazy phenomena. I don't know. It's pretty well, awesome. Someone else said as well. Yeah, and, and from a personal standpoint... I don't mind dressing up for stuff like that and participating. Um, I, I think it's genetics with me. Um, my mom. Genetics. Yeah, genetics. The need to dress up in the UCS. Yes. Well, yeah. The, <laughs> the ugly Christmas sweater, Halloween, any of that stuff. But uh, my mom, uh, she used to love to get dressed up for any occasion that would come along. If there was a chance an opportunity to wear something outrageous, a costume, an ugly Christmas sweater. My mom was both barrels. But she was very genuine, because I, I knew your mom, and she was, you know, she pulled it off as being someone that was doing it strictly for the fun, and, you know, it well, felt very comfortable, even if nobody was dressed up. Right. <laughs> like, well, like, even if nobody else got the memo. <laughs> in our family, we always said it was the Shirley Jean. That was my mom's name, Shirley, mm-hmm. and we called it the Shirley Jean, and I think she has passed it down to me so i think it's my destiny to wear ugly christmas sweaters i can't help it i'm drawn <laughs> to the light 
So thank you, Mom, for the... Here's the, to Shirley. Here's to Shirley. Bottoms up. Rest in peace. We love you, Mom. So, yeah, I, I can't help myself, so you're, you're stuck with it. The Shirley Jean made me do it. Uh, all right, well, I think uh, that's a, a good note to, to end on as we... Uh, uh, this is probably going to be our, our last show before Christmas comes around. Ho, ho, ho. Um, yep. <clears throat> so Merry Christmas, so, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Nobs. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas to you, Fred. Blotto, Nobs. Uh, something real quick. I just want to make sure everyone knows you can find us on Facebook.com slash Pottoms Up. I'll keep them around. Uh, PottomsUp.com. That's P-O-D-E-M-S-U-P.com. Uh, you can find the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. And you can mail us. Send us uh, some email. Mail at PottomsUp.com. We'd love to hear some feedback. and Or feedback on the Facebook page. Anywhere. Yep. Leave a comment. Yep. All right. Everyone, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Pottoms right. up. Pottoms up. Out. Out. Because, baby. Cause baby, I hate you Cause baby